I began to seek the Lord for a different way, a different life. And when you do that, when you start seeking God for a different life, oh my goodness, he turned my life upside, <laughs> literally turned it upside down. And I asked God to give me a, give me an escape. I need to get out of this. I need to get out of this marriage. I need to get out of this way of living. It was just too much. And it was a lot of hypocrisy and it was a lot of, you know, a lot going on. And so he did, he, one night, he literally, I prayed it and he created a door, a way of me to escape. And I ran, I left everything behind. I left my, uh, I left my home. I left my husband, which was the pastor of the church. I left my, uh, I left my name. I left my, my, uh, cause at that time I was ladies leaders, uh, ladies, uh, leader president of a portion in Dallas, Fort Worth. Well, at that point, uh, the Southwest district, I left everything behind because, um, I was tired of living a lie. And so, and, and, and I was miserable, you know, and so I didn't want to be that anymore. And I didn't want to live 20 more years like that again. Welcome to the Almost Apostolic Podcast. I'm your host, Anissa, and this podcast is designed to share the backstories and testimonies of beautiful ministry-minded people. I hope you laugh, and I hope you learn that we are all striving for perfection in an imperfect world as people of faith. So join me every other week as I interview a few familiar folks, and hopefully some you may not know. I feel like in this day and age, very few people have that one person that they can just vent to and have it be trusted and turned into some godly wisdom. This younger generation does not have an older generation that they can confide in. So I'm so very thankful for my guest host today because she is someone that I have confided in for decades. And I was thinking about it before this episode, you were literally right next to me during the darkest moment of my life. You were right there holding my hand and I'm so grateful for you. And I didn't want to start the episode in tears, but I do want to pin flowers while we're on this side of the earth. And I want to say thank you for loving me through some of the craziest moments of my life, all my life. Well, thank you. You know I love you. (laughs) Yes, I love and appreciate you. My guest host today is the one, the only, the incredible, the amazing recording artist, mother, grandmother, diva extraordinaire, (laughs) Roxana Burr. (laughs) Hello, hello. Yes. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very excited about this episode. Well, thank you for having me. And yes, I love you. And I mean, you are the uh, amazing, an amazing, just loving, mm-hmm. my darling. Thank you. <laughs> Anissa, my niece. My... <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my goodness. We're like, it's stop. No, you stop. It's a no, privilege and an honor that you would have me. on your podcast. I'm very excited about this episode. So the show is slowly but 
willingly turning into faith testimonies because when I started the show, I did not realize how little faith I possessed. And so as I'm going through these interviews and hearing all these guest hosts tell their testimonies, I was just like, wow, faith has so many layers to it. I feel like I'm rounding the corner of first base when it comes to faith. I used to think it was just like this fairy tale thing that you just say something's happening and then boom, there it happens. But it's so much deeper than that. And even when I read like my self-help, like psychological books, I'm hearing where faith comes into play in the brain, like an actual mind. I can see where it's like, if you say something, which the world today calls it manifesting, if you say something and then you repeat it for 21 days and you make it a mantra and then it starts happening, it's your brain allowing whatever you want or wish to happen to happen. And so I am clinging on in my faith journey. I still feel like I'm a baby when it comes to this concept. So I want to have guest hosts interact with me and talk about their faith journey so I can just grow a little bit more. So I really want you to share your testimony about where you were, where you are, and then like where you're going in faith in God. Well, you know, uh, faith is a walk. And it is a journey, and we we um, we begin the faith walk, whether we know it or not, in the early ages of our life. You know, as little babies, we start to trust. We trust our parents. We, you know, as a little child, when you you just know your parent is going to be there to help you. If you fall, you just know they're somewhere close to you to help pick you up. To so we start to establish faith as a little child and we as kids we trust more right we trust more we're you know we that faith is actually there but what happens is as we grow older we we start to have um things happen to us in life or you know we start to experience things and that faith actually starts to diminish you see, so we, we start out actually with faith. Some people say it's the opposite, but we actually start out with faith, trusting. Like the Bible says, as babes, we are to trust God as, as a baby. And a baby trusts everybody until you prove them wrong, right? So as we journey through life, that's when the faith starts to diminish because of trials and tribulations and things that happen. And it starts to cause us to doubt. See, at the beginning, we we just trust, we, you know, it, it's all about trust because we have childlike faith. But life starts to diminish that faith. My life in my later teens started out really rocky. Growing up in the church, you know, and I had a, ended up having a baby out of wedlock. That's taboo for the church, you know. And so that at that experience, at that point, now my faith is rocky. You know, my faith is is somewhat dimmed. And then I became a very I became a wife at a very young age, 19. And <laughs> all the things that come with being married at a very young age, all those things 
can rock your faith. You have financial problems. You have you have all this thing, these things working against you. And because you're young, you don't know how to handle that situation. You don't have, know how to handle things that happens in marriages, um, especially at a young age. So my faith began to now hear some more rockiness in my faith. Um, and then <laughs> throughout the years coming, you know, you have... Um, stages i had stages in my marriage where there was infidelity where there was all kinds of things going on and that rocked my faith it shook my faith you know so as i'm walking my faith is dimming you know and i know that the church so says well you know you have to have faith and the bible does say faith the grain of a mustard mustard seed so and my faith was as a mustard seed <laughs> It would, it literally was so dim, you know, because of the experiences in my life and me not being in the place that I needed to be. Um, and so, um, but um, there came a time in my life where I felt like, okay, I'm in my forties and life cannot go on as it's as it has been and as we grow up we as we grow older we do mature to that level and so i felt like okay i've got to have some type of maturity in my life you know and with that i had to let some things go i i saw myself in the future and it didn't look good i saw myself as okay i'm going to be still in the same place uh, in my 60s and 70s and 80s. And it looked very scary. It was very scary to me. And so I started to seek God for change. I started to seek God for a different way of living because the life that I was living, you know, I looked okay. I looked perfect on the outside <laughs> concerning the church. I looked perfect, looked really good. But that inside, I was suffering. I was sad. My whole life situation in the home was not what it appeared to be to others outside of the home. I lived up two different lives. And then just the uh, on top of that, being a uh, quote unquote first lady or pastor's wife, uh, which brought a lot to the plate. And then the home inside is different from what it appears outside the home, you know, in the church, on the platform and all of that. And so it was totally different lifestyles. But I do feel like God was working. He was working on me. And so in my mid-40s, I began to seek the Lord for a different way, a different life. And when you do that, when you start seeking God for a different life, oh, my goodness, he turned my life upside, <laughs> literally turned it upside down. And I asked God to give me a give me an escape. I need to get out of this. I need to get out of this marriage. I need to get out of this way of living. It was just too much. And it was a lot of hypocrisy and it was a lot of, you know, a lot going on. And so he did, he, one night, he literally, I prayed it and he created a door, a way of me to escape. And I ran, I left everything behind. I left my, uh, I left my home. I left my husband which was the pastor of the church i left my 
I left my name. I left my my because uh, at that time I was ladies leaders, uh, ladies uh, leader president of a portion in Dallas Fort Worth. Well, at that point, uh, the Southwest District. I left everything behind because um, I was tired of living a lie, and so and 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 I was miserable, mm-hmm. you know, and so. I didn't want to be that anymore. And I didn't want to live 20 more years like that again. And so when God opened that door up for me, it was like, a whoa, oh my goodness. He heard that prayer. He heard me say, and he literally made a way for me to escape. And I mean, when I escaped, I ran, I ran out the door. And like I said, I had nothing left. Only thing I had was enough to put some things in storage for me that, that I loved. And I went on about my life and there my faith journey began. Wow. That's when it began because now I had to learn how to trust in God like never before because I had absolutely nothing, you know? So I left that house, four bedroom, two bath, two living area, two dining areas, you know, covered three car garage, um, you know, sunroom, all that to stay in on my best friend's couch. And if I tell you, I had more peace on that couch than I did in that big home. And that's where my faith journey began. Because now I have to depend on everything he says. Every, whatever he tells me to do, I have to move that way. I have to go this I have to literally hear his voice, not everybody else's voice. Prior, I was hearing everybody's voice, the pastor's voice, the the ladies' director's voice, my bishop's voice, my friends' voice, everybody's voice, my kids, their voices, my parents, their everybody's voice, and that was creating a certain lifestyle for me that was causing me to not be me and who I am. But now it's just me and God, and so He took me on a journey. Like I said, I didn't have anything, (laughs) but I had a group of people. I had like a group of three people who literally challenged me and said, look, you're going to have, you don't have anything, but you're going to have to get yourself together because you can't lay here. You can't lay on the couch. You can't do, you can't do this. And so what I did is the only thing I could do. And I went back to school. Um, All those years, 20 something years, I didn't have I didn't have a college degree. I didn't have uh, anything because I was a stay-at-home mom slash pastor's wife slash, you know, all of that. So I didn't have anything. So, but I did, the only skill I had was music. I love music. I, I, I have two projects out that I've done. I knew music. Music was my life. I've directed choirs since I was 12 years old. I, I know music. I just wasn't formally educated in music. And so... I went back to college with the help of these three friends uh, in my life. And um, from that point began the journey of being who God really created me to be. From that floor <laughs> to having no money and all that, I was able to enroll. God, God took me by the hand and put me in in the place where I needed to be so that people can grab me and say, hey, let me show you this. Hey, let me get you this. Hey, let me get you that. And I was like, okay, 
you know, you need this. Okay. You need that. Okay. And it was strangers that got me to that point. Not the people I knew, not the loved ones. It was like, where, where is everybody when I really needed them? But God was saying, no, it's, it's, it's just me and you. And I'm going to place people in your life that you need to get where you should go. So what was that mindset that you were in? Were you terrified? Were you like at ease? Because my, I'm just comparing it to what I know. And it's just like my faith journey is like, I'm very terrified. (laughs) It's so, and I think what it is, I was trying to like put an actual label on it. But what I think what it is for me personally is like embarrassment. If I say I'm going to have this thing when there is no evidence, no sign, there's no idea or like physicality out there that I am going to have this thing. It's odd. Like it is so totally strange for me to say, I'm going to be this type of person, or I'm going to have these types of things when there's no sign of it all. So for me, faith is scary. It's very terrifying. I was at a wedding last month. And of course, you know, women come up to me and they're like, you're next, you're next. And I'm like, oh, I just like word vomited this date. I've always had this like wedding date in mind and I just blurted it out. And then I looked at her and she looked at me and I was just like, I cannot believe I just said that. <laughs> like, I was like, why did I say that? And I was like, Lord, now you have to do something <laughs> because I just put it out in the atmosphere. So for me, faith and fear are closely connected and I know that shouldn't be the case and it won't be the case once I you know keep going in my faith journey but at the beginning stages of it it was very scary so when you're making this transition to I had this security I had this home I had this type of you know status to now I'm on my best friend's couch where you like so totally liberated and happy and you just you know some personalities can just hold jesus by the hand and just skydive you know me i'm like i need to know the itinerary god well so what were you like at my age at that point i was in my late 40s mm-hmm. so i was more afraid and terrified of my past than my future so i was more afraid of going back to what i knew than what was ahead and that's only because of all of what i've been through i would be here hours days telling you you know what i I could write a book of all the things that i've been through those past 20 25 years so i i looked to the future i was excited and i tell people all the time i had like i said i had more peace peace on that couch than i had in that home and so looking toward the future, it was bright for me. I'm excited, still excited about what's happening. So I think when you've been through so much in the past, there's nothing to lose at that point. And to, for me, it was nothing. I, it was nothing to lose. And plus, I you know I, I grew up with a mother that was like I said, she was a single mother of four kids. So I learned a lot of strength from her. I had a, I got that from her that you can fall so you can fall flat on your back. But baby, God will lift you back up. So I already knew that he was going to he was going to pick me up and place me somewhere. I didn't know where he was going to place me, though. But all I knew is that my future, my future looked better than my past. See, it's a flip to that because people would look at my past and say, man, 
wow, she had, you know, you know, you have all this stuff, but that's super, that, that is so materialistic and, 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 uh, superficial. And that's not who I am. God created me to be, I'm very emotional. I'm very self-aware, you know, and I knew I wasn't living the life that God really wanted me to live. Cause I, I put my own gifts and talents. I laid it all down for someone else. It wasn't someone building me up to God's full potential. It was, here's my domain. You know, let's put what you're doing to the back. And, and, and you helped me with my, with my ministry. And I think too, as women, we have to be careful with that because uh, God has called every woman to a place as well. And sometimes when we get married, and we we lay down those God gifts and those God callings to help our spouse. And that's not how God wants it. He wants us to work together in ministry and creating, you know, our, you know, the gifts and talents that he's given us as individuals. He wants us to come together with it so that we can do what he has called us to do. So when you find yourself putting everything that God has placed inside of you, putting it on a shelf, then you're not in his will. I've done all that I could do. And the past, my it, it was not looking as though things were going to change. And I knew where God was calling me, where he was calling me to. And the present circumstance was not going to allow that to happen. So in how many times we see women, even in their, I see it all the time, women in their 60s, 70s, 80s, um, and they have not yet done what God has called them to do because they placed their life on hold for another individual, whether it's um, their husband or their grandchildren or their children. Well, is that what God really wants? You know? And so I started to fight for my future. I was fighting for my future. So you're, you're back in school and your mindset is you're excited. Everything is like taken off and you're like, this is liberating. Like this is where I can finally start walking into what God has for me. So where were you like emotionally? Were you, did you know that you were going to like get married again? Or did you want to be in the single life? Like what, what was your mind at, at that time? Well, my mind was totally on my academic, uh, uh, success. Mm -hmm. I got in full blast. You know, I didn't even know if I would like school, but I ended up loving being around the people, around the, you know, love. I love the college atmosphere. Uh, it was it was liberating. And I was learning so much. I, I didn't realize how much I didn't know until I started going to school, going back to school, going to college. And so I was excited about it. I had a one-track mind. That's why um, my word for the year 2024 is order. We have got to get our lives in order. Um, we are so busy running around trying to be relevant. And I see that I have a lot of people that are around me that are creating things, <coughs> creating ministries, creating all kinds of things to be relevant, but have not dealt with those things in their personal lives, in their life that are just, that are supposed to be in order. Get your life in order. God is the God of order. Our footsteps, you know, the Bible says he orders our footsteps. God is trying to do some things in people's lives, but he cannot until you get this done, until you get this straight, you know. 
So I've seen ministries for personal in my own uh, area, you know, my own life people, you know, that because they got called them to the ministry, but because they didn't deal with some things in their past, you know, that they needed to deal with, it affected their ministry. But now I can truly say that I am working. I'm literally walking toward the destiny that God has for me in my life. And I'm seeing the manifestation of that, of that walk of me saying, okay, I'm letting it go. I don't care what anybody say. And yes, I said that. I don't care what anybody say. Sometimes when I was walking away, yes, there were moments when I was like, oh, you know, people are going to talk about this and they're going to say this and they're going to say that. But you get into a place of desperation where you no longer care anymore. You no longer care because first of all, they're not there. They're not in the home with you. They're not, they're not walking this walk with you. Most of their thoughts are not about you. <laughs> you see? So, so are you just going to sit there and you're going to keep that lifestyle that you know was not created by God? Or do you say, okay, I've got to change. I've got to do something different. For me, it was walking away from it all. And I mean, I walked away from it all. And, uh, but I am in a, a better place because of it. And so, and I thank God. He, and so that was my faith. So now my faith, my faith now <laughs> is, to now it's the childlike faith. Okay, I'm trusting God now because I have seen him move in my life. Mm -hmm. I have literally, I have felt his healing when I needed it, when I didn't have any money to pay for, um, to get, um, you know, when I, my back went out and it, and they said I had to have therapy. They said I had, you know, all these hundreds and thousands of dollars I needed. And then God spoke a word to me and within one hour he healed my back. Because he knew, I, hey, I could not afford, you know, thousands <laughs> yeah. of dollars of therapy. So I know him now as a healer. I know him now as a provider because I could only trust in him. Mm -hmm. And he opened such a clear path for me uh, when, when I decided to make that decision. He opened it up and he met every need, every need along the way. He met every need that I had. So how long from that point of you like walking away from all of these things that you like from your life until you were able to breathe a sigh of relief and be like, Lord, this is what it's supposed to be like. How long was that time span? Well, I walked away in 2016 and I started to breathe again. Um, 2020 around the you know when i said oh okay all right i'm right where i need to be <laughs> you know um so it took some time because you know i'm walking in faith i'm you know with that you know you're like okay lord now what's next okay it's it it's dark a little bit so mm -hmm. let me see what you want let me go in, let me, let me sneak into this area, you know, walk real soft into it. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, this is another path that you want me to take. But it wasn't until, you know, I got in a place where I remarried mm -hmm. and um, God literally showed me that you are 
in the right place. Yeah. You know, which is more of the music, me um, allowing him to position me in a way where I'm uh, going to use my music and my talent. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say this, even going back to school was a God thing. Um, I gave a testimony um, to a few people, not everybody, but I'll share this. Um, since I was in my 20s, I would have this reoccurring dream and the, the dream would come to me maybe every six or seven, eight years. I've only had this dream about four times in my life, but it was the exact same dream verbatim from the beginning to the end. And in the dream, now let me say this, it was in my 20s so that lets you, God gave me this dream, but I could never interpret what this dream was about. And in the dream, it was an old house and the house was gray, dark gray, and it was old, had old planks on it, in it, and it was so old. And there was a staircase and the staircase was just ragged. It was, it was uh, planks made out of planks. It wasn't even, uh, you know, attached almost, you know, it was very rocky. And at the very top of this house, uh, at the very top of the stairs was this room. And in this room, I couldn't get in this room, but you could see the light underneath the door. But when I and when so when I finally were, was able to get into this room at the top of this, at the top of the stairs that the stairs looked like it was five stories. <laughs> Seriously, there in the room was a desk, a school desk. The room was so bright and it was a school desk sitting there and it was an elderly lady with pure white hair. Now, just a couple of months ago, the Lord revealed to me what that dream meant. After all of these years, since I was in my twenties, he told me what that dream meant. I am at the right place at the right time. That wooden torn up ragged house was actually me and it was education. And when I opened the, the door, it was bright. There was a chair, there was a desk there. That was education. But the woman with the old, with the white hair was wisdom. And so God told me, he said, you are where you need to be in life. You are being educated and you are being given wisdom together. Your education and your wisdom is flowing together, wow. which is the exact place I need you to be right now. Wow. now isn't that something how yeah. he just revealed that to me? He just revealed that to me after all of these years. So faith is, is a walk. It's a walk. I always, I interpret it all kinds of ways, but it wasn't until I was sitting in my classroom that God brought the dream back up and said, this is the dream. You are in your seat learning and you are been given you are been given education and you have wisdom. Wow. And the wisdom wouldn't have come without all the things that has happened in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, you only gain wisdom by actually <laughs> heeding to God's voice after you've had such a bad experience after you've had such bad experiences in life, right? right. <laughs> That's the only way you're going to get the wisdom and keep the wisdom, you know, because you like a child, you know, not to touch that stone because you touched it, <laughs> right? you know? So it's became a journey. And I thank God for my, for what has happened. I thank God for the courage that he gave me 
to step out and say, you know, I don't care what others think. I've got to make a change in my own life. And this and the result of it is how he has blessed me. I met my husband in the music department. Yes, I was going to talk about that. Okay, so you're walking the halls and then you see the captain of the football team. Oh, no. Uncle Bird. <laughs> in his letterman jacket no so were you ready to date at this point in time or were you just so totally happy being well single? i was so totally happy being single mm -hmm. and i did not want to date at mm -hmm. all i was finally free girl <laughs> after 25 years of of, of yeah. you know i was finally free mm -hmm. and i was going to be educated and just do me and mm -hmm. you know and uh, be this developing to this older lady with white glasses teaching everybody music you right. know, that's what i wanted mm -hmm. but um god said i have something for you because you know god knows all of our makeup he knows what we need and you know i come from a background my both my grandmothers were um homemakers and people have always told me you have your grandmother's disposition. I love being at home. I love being, you know, I love the family unit, mm -hmm. the mother, the father, the children, you know, the house that I love that unit and, and it's in me. And, um, I don't want to walk alone when I was, when I, when, when you're honest with yourself and I was honest with myself, I really don't want to walk alone. I want to be married. And I told God that, but I didn't think he was going to come as soon as he did. Uh, I thought I was going to, you know, have a whole different journey before that happened. And um, so I was in the music department and uh, this man decided he's in my class. We were in a um, choir. He was in a choir and I, he, I wasn't trying to go there. In fact, I think I made a joke about him one time in class, you know, it was like, okay, you know, and what happened was uh, we had to spend a little time together because we were working on a solo part. I was not in a place of dating. I only wanted to work on the solo and leave. Like, let's get this done and let's go. Mm -hmm. I'm out of here. And one night we were working on the solo and everything. And he he asked to walk me to the car, oh, yeah. to my car. And I was ready to go. Yeah. But I could hear God say, be quiet and listen. Because he was trying to talk. He was saying things, but I wasn't hearing anything. I was not, I am not going to do this again. You know, I could hear God's voice, you know, telling me to listen to him. So I started to listen to him talk and he is a talker. He, he, he loves to talk about any and everything, you know, and some of the things that he was saying were confirmations to the prayer that I was praying the night before to God. I was praying some specific prayers to God the night before. And he were, he was standing here in the parking lot talking about all this stuff that I just told God, you know, I just said it. I just poured my heart out to God and here he is talking about it. And so I was like, okay, wow. He is literally talking about, he's confirming what God speaking to me and what I was talking about to God. And so that opened my heart up as far as just to listen, <laughs> you know, just to be friends. Because at first I didn't even want to be friends with anybody. I just wanted to get my education and that's it. Before all of that happened, 
I was with my friend in her um, kitchen, Shorty Doo-Wop, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> she's one of my closest friends. And I was telling her, I said, this is what I want from a man if one comes along. And I was telling her that I wanted somebody this time around who has his nat his nature is just giving. His nature is is caring. His nature is to be sh to have chivalry. His nature is just to love. You know, just to be there for people. To have a kind heart. I was saying all this. I said he don't even have to have a lot of money. I said he don't have to have a big house. He can have a little bitty house. But if he if he cares for me, that's all I need. You know. And I said, I want some. I want someone who I can see growing old with, who I can see that if something in my life, if something happens to me physically, he would be there taking care of me, you know. And because I know I'm going to be there, take. I know how I was created, so I'm that way. And I knew I would take care of him, but I need someone to take care of me. And so, when this happened in the parking lot, it opened my heart up to just watch him so i started watching him <laughs> <laughs> and i would watch him in school like mm -hmm. around the campus and i noticed that he would be the first to run up if somebody needed to if they were holding something and they couldn't carry it he's the first one to run up and grab it and help them uh carry what they needed he's the first one to help the, it was a lady a young lady in the college who made a bad choice and um, he was there for her to help guide her through that. I saw all of that. His nature was very caring. And so, and he was very attentive. Like I can tell him something and then I would forget, but he didn't forget. He just showed all the points that I needed to go into the next phase of my life. And so that's that's how it began, you know, and he, and he did chase me because I, I, like I said, I did not want to be, uh, with anybody but um when it got to that point where i was trying to make a decision whether to date him because i don't date just to date i didn't date just to date but date to be married so i knew if i was going to date him it was going to end up in marriage you know and so i sought the lord and i told god i said um i need two com confirmations i need one from my pastor and i need one from my mother and if I don't get those confirmations, it's not going further <laughs> mm -hmm. because those were the were some important people in my life that I wanted their I wanted their confirmation that this is the one too as well. Okay, so um, sure enough, my uh, he was going to another church, but um, when I brought him to see my pastor, my pastor confirmed the day I brought him to church to see my pastor. He confirmed it. He was so excited and he gave me the thumbs up and I was like, oh, yes, Lord. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's one, but the hardest one is yet to come. My mother, my mother, and I'm telling you, she met him prior because he came to an event that I was doing. And I mean, she was at the place where she, she was like, no, 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 because my daughter's trying to get her education. You know, she don't have time for a man. She has to get her education. You know, she's been holding on. She's been letting, uh, you know, letting everybody have their way for a long time. Now it's about her. And she wanted that for me, for me to have that space in my life where it's just me. And so I didn't know that she was seeking God about my husband, about 
Bird when she met him. And um, what happened was um, she had she had a dream, and in the dream, uh, God confirmed that He was the one to her. And the dream was she saw me and Bird. We were swinging, but we were swinging. He was going one way, I was going the other way. And then in the middle of it, he grabbed my swing and we were swinging together on this swing. And then it turned, and then the next phase of the dream, she saw, she said that I had a, I was walking and I was crippled with one leg. My, I was walking, but I was walking funny. And I had a cane as I was walking. And that, and it's the truth. Because even though I was going through all this and God was guiding me and I was, and, and he was doing great things, I still was hurt. Because anytime you're, even though I walked away from it and I and I pursued the divorce and all this type of stuff, I still was hurt in my heart. I still was hurt. And so in the dream, I had, I was walking with a crutch and Bird came up behind me and took the crutch away and started holding me up as I walked. <laughs> yeah, so that that was the dream. So in the dream, he was he was the one. He was the one. And I, <laughs> don't make don't make me cry. I'm gonna cry. Don't make me cry. But that was the dream, and that gave her the confirmation that okay, yes, he's the one. And then she told me about it. And so there there was God, you know. So that was my confirmation. And I said yes when he asked me to date him and to mm -hmm. and to marry him. I said yes. I want to so, hear from my uncle Bird. Where's my uncle Bird at? Can he join the podcast? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uncle Bird, hey, how are you? I am great. <laughs> so great. I, I want to talk about where you were at when you see my beautiful aunt in class and you're just like, whoa, what a fox. Like, were you looking to pursue marriage or were you just doing your own thing and then you saw her and everything just got flipped, turned upside down? Well... I, at that time, I was a single parent, so mm -hmm. I was taking care of my daughter. I wasn't looking to explore those avenues mm -hmm. either. So um, when I had seen her in class, she made fun of my name, <laughs> along with the rest of the students. Mm -hmm. So, but mind you, this is college when we're making fun of names. Yeah. But, um, so when I was offered a gig, and I was going to turn it down, but I wanted to let her know the reason why I wanted to turn it down to one of the professors. I seen her walking, but something in my spirit just told me just, you know, to talk to her because we had a, uh, I think it was, it was our finale for our, uh, out the semester, the end of the semester finale was called the mashup. And um, we were rehearsing for it. And, um, I just wanted to talk to her because I know I heard that over her in class, she was going to the Stella Awards mm. and I've never been to the Stella Awards. So I wanted to go and um, I was trying to catch her to ask her. So then when I was talking to our professor, she was trying to tell her I didn't want to do the gig. She said it was pay, a paid gig. I was like, no, but and I turned around. It was like smoke going out of the hallway <laughs> and the doors closed back and forth. <laughs> So I wanted to catch up with her and just tell her, you know, I, um, you know, I just wanted to talk to her, see where she was, you know, in the class, how she was doing, because I noticed her countenance. Some of it was a little bit frustrating, but yeah. Mm -hmm. um, 
that was pretty much it. I wasn't interested in doing that time at all. And then when we had a the actual event, everything was going good. And she, I noticed that she smiled or she laughed a lot. And she wasn't, she was a pretty, she was really pretty. And she wasn't afraid to act silly. Cause you know, y'all women, when y'all all dainty and girly and stuff, <laughs> y'all afraid to, to act silly. Seems like almost it's beneath y'all, but she was, she, she was silly and she wasn't afraid to do it, mm-hmm. but she looked cute doing yeah, it. Yeah, she's a country cutter. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's it right there. Yeah, it was certain phrases mm-hmm. that attracted me to her, you know. It was, I, I would mention one, but I don't want to put her out there. Oh, okay, so. okay. But yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it was just so funny. <laughs> and um, so we had the the event and she was just smiling. I said, now it's almost the end of our semester. I said, how are you feeling? You, 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 uh, you smile a lot. And then she just came out. She said, I'm going to tell you something. And then, you know, we known each other for the three months or a little more in, in class. And she said, I'm, I'm going through a lot. It was shocking to me because the stuff she was going through, you're not smiling. And, and that's when I was like, wow, you know, so uh, she was kind of nervous about it, and she didn't get into it because I guess that was her dignifiance that I'm going, you know, on a, outward appearance, it doesn't appear that she is, but you can infer. So, you know, I called her that night, um, and I talked to her, and I was just concerned, you know, are you okay? I mean, everything happened, and it's going to be all right. I've been there. You know, I've done that regardless on who, what, when, where fault it is. I've been there and it's it's gonna be okay. You're gonna make it through. And that's what I was, in my spirit, that's what I was tasked to tell her, you know? And then it went on from there, you know? It just went on from there. I talked to her and I found myself wanting to hang out with her during class and after class. And, you know, um, she had an event or a Recital. It was a recital, and then music. Our recitals are like midterms, and she was getting nervous to the point where she was, she was just getting nervous. So I stopped that, and I just said, "Let's pray," and we prayed, and she got through it. So, Good. so that was that. I mean, that's when I realized that she. A lot of guys are say they're projects or whatever, but she wasn't because she was determined to do it on her own, and. I admired that from her that she was determined to do it on her own. And what the caveat was, she's a quick learner. She she learns quick. You can teach her something once or maybe even twice, and I'm pushing it with that. But then she gets it, you know. So that's where the beauty was. She had the outwit going on for her, mm-hmm. but the inward <laughs> was what I was interested in. So, Uncle Bird, what kind of faith journey were you going through at the time you met on Roxy? Were you like totally, what you talk about? How well, my, my hindsight was, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So what I know now looking at, oh, this is what he, you know, um, I, I wasn't looking for anything, but the beginning of my journey started when I went to take my daughter and um, have her with me. So everything had to change, you know, um, from bachelor's being a single parent, now single parent, looking to uh, 
marry this wonderful woman of mine. So, but it was a journey because I, I didn't want to do it anymore. To be honest with you, from the bad choices that I made, did I know how to do it? Because a lot of men go into it with a, they don't know the concept. They go into it looking at the results. Maybe they're a parent with a two-parent family or they see it on TV or, you know, they don't know the concept of being in a relationship, let alone being in a marriage. Me going through those bad choices, I wish I didn't do it that way, but I learned that way. They say, you know, experience is the best teacher. I wouldn't wish that way on my worst enemy. <laughs> so, but, you know, just doing the concepts and listening to God, because if you don't have God in anything that you do, and I know a lot of the young people have heard it before, and they're like, ah, I ain't worried about that. But then they'd see, you know, I heard from my dad, he always said, don't make me sing that song. Mama said there'll be days like this. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was, you know, but God uh, was there, you know. It's not getting more faith, it's strengthening the faith you have. You're going to make some bad choices. It's no, no such thing as a mistake. You're going to make bad choices because you chose to do that. And you're like, oh, man, I got you know, to regroup. You have to keep God first. Every time you enter into an unknown realm of a relationship or unrealm life-changing journey, you always got to ask God, what, what do you have for me? You know, uh, what do you have for me for another person? Because what he has for you is not always for you or for another person as a Christian. Because the minute you give your life to Christ, your life is no longer yours. You have to say, Lord, what do you have for me to do? You know, and this is, I believe, what he had for me to do. You know, you have to get when you get into a relationship. You got to put her first, and I'm speaking as a a man's POV, you have to put her first. When you get married, you have to put her first, even before the kids, you have to put her first because if you, without her, there will be no kids, but you have to put her first if it's just you and her. You know, God is always gonna reward you, but if you are looking for a reward first instead of love, this is not gonna work because when you get into a relationship with her, it's going to always be you looking for something from her to you. Don't always want and need a person. Love, look to love and understand a person. Because once you get what you want or get what you need from a person, you, you, you're through with them. But if you love them and understand them, no matter how much you get mad at them, no matter how much you don't feel like being bothered with them, you're going to always love and understand them. And that's a gateway for all the other attributes. Wow. That's really good. Oh, Roxy, what kind of advice do you have for women out there that are like, I want what she has without what she's been through? Well, <laughs> that itself is not a reality. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said that they, um, one of my friends said that her uh, son uh, told her, said, you need a man, mama, you need a man like Bird. And she said, well, then I would have to be Roxy and I don't want to be Roxy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she started laughing. I was like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I've been through a journey on a journey to get a man like this, mm-hmm. you know, a man like this. Um, what I would say to 
the younger generation is um, first know who you are. Please know who you are before you enter into a relationship. A lot of times we depend on, we want the guy because we want him to to be that closure in our life or to make us whole. But the the thing about it is you have to be whole, whole be, you have to have, be whole before he comes into your life. And when I say whole, I mean mentally in the mind as far as, you know, what do you want? You, can, you may not even have everything that you want or, or that you're striving to have, but mentally, you know what you want to do. You may not know how to do it. And that's, that's, um, could be his thing is to help you get there, you know, but you got to know what you want. That's part of being whole. Because like with me, I knew I, before he came into my life, I already knew where the journey was going. God had already showed me what he wants and I started walking that journey, but how do I get to it? And when he came into my life, my husband now, he actually helped. He Even now he's walking me through some things to help me do it. I know what I want to do, but he's there helping me get through it. You know, just even this week, there was some stuff that I had to do in school. I know what I want, but he actually had, he actually had the uh, know-how, you see? Mm -hmm. So we're one, we're together, but no, don't go into, don't let that be your goal just to have a, I want to be married, you know, but let him complete, let him help you get there, you know, and men want to be wanted, you know, if you're that girl that you, you, you don't, you know, your disposition is, uh, I know what I want. I've done it all. I don't need you that I don't need you that most men don't like that because they want to be needed. And so when a godly man comes into your life, when God actually places him into your life, it's actually a man that is going to be that to help you get to where you need to go. Yeah, a lot of people, men and women, that say, oh, I want somebody that parallels me. Or I want somebody that just like me. Then you might as well be by yourself. Yeah. Why, why do you want somebody to parallel or have your same disposition, especially if your disposition is not good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why do you want somebody to, you want somebody to love and understand you? You want somebody to try to pattern God as the best way humanly possible. If Jesus did it, because Jesus came down and he didn't come down to say, I did it. No one else can do it better than me. You got to pay attention to God. And if you have a woman, just like Superman, when he caught Lois laying out the window (laughs) and she said to him, if you got me, then who got you? You better be ready to show her and tell her who got you. Well, I'm so grateful that both of you are on the podcast. I'm honored that you would allow me to come into your studio and record. Um, could you guys sing royalty? Oh my goodness. It's been a while. <laughs> Can we end it time. on a beautiful mm-hmm. song? We'd I'm, have to I'm, 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 sing, I'm find it. We got to find it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You can start. I'll, I'll, I'll. I thought you started it first, though. <laughs> I don't even know how to do something that you started. No, 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 no. You are it's, um, my king. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I did then you start said off you first. are mine. Yeah, but we can together. We, can. we are yeah. royalty. Okay, so okay. let's do it. Okay, okay, okay. all right. <laughs> oh so, my goodness. You can, yeah. Okay, so you, you are my king. You are my queen. Together we, we are royalty. Just you kidding, you jumped in, you jumped in. Yes, jumped I in. loved it. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, I love you both. I love, we love you too. We love you too. <laughs> That's all for this episode of Almost Apostolic. If you enjoyed yourself, please do us a favor and leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until then, thank you for listening.